Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We always thank you for listening to us, no matter how you're listening to us. And we got a good show for you tonight. We are joined by Dave Hastings. We're just waiting for his audio to get on. Should be joined by Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. Hopefully we get Eric Pfeiffer and Larry Schmelrose with us. We got a good show for you tonight. Obviously, the Super Bowl was this past Sunday. Uh, very good game all around. Very entertaining, I thought. Uh, we'll get into uh, kind of a blow-by-blow, some of the aftermath when everybody comes on. Obviously, the Los Angeles Rams are the champions of the NFL as a result of that game. Uh, and I'll be honest, you know, it was a good back and forth game. Final score, 23 to 20. But we'll get into all that. I have Dave Hastings with me here tonight. Dave, how you doing? Oh, you know, standing upright and breathing, my friend. So uh, <laughs> what else can you ask for in a day, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll be, I'm sure we'll be joined by everybody else soon. But I'll get, I'll get your thoughts here first because it'll be very interesting where this conversation goes tonight. I know... We had, uh, we had a regular, rather spirited debate uh, over the group uh, text when uh, after the game. Uh, per what your uh, comments were last week, you, you didn't see any of that, did you? Um, I don't know. If I looked at my phone, had 20-plus messages, no, I didn't see any of it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think so. My, um, my, my cutoff is like five or six, but sometimes it... it, it the other day, I think it was – I actually think it was the night of the Super Bowl because I went yeah. to bed like maybe like a half hour after the game ended. Yeah, you didn't see any of this then. And I woke up in the morning and had 96 text messages amongst you guys. So, yeah, I definitely was not scrolling back and That's, reading all of that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, we'll get into that, I'm sure, when Eric comes on here. But let's get your thoughts first on the Super Bowl. What would you think of the game? All in all, I thought it was a good game. Um, mm-hmm. I think there were moments. Um, like, I think after you got through, like, a little over half the first quarter, uh, it, it got better. You could tell nerves were a major part of it when the game first started. Sure. Um, you know, but – after that, I, I think the game flowed pretty well. I think the uh, game had a nice uh, competitiveness to it. Nobody really pulled away to a point where you thought to yourself, why am I even watching this game? Um, there were definitely some moments, uh, you know, in the second half where, where the referees shine their ugly faces. Um, <clears throat> but I thought they did a pretty good job of letting the guys play in the first half. Uh, which was definitely nice. I'd rather not talk about the refs. Um, Yes. I I think one of my biggest question marks is how Cincinnati went for it four different times on either third and one or fourth and one, and Mixon was on the bench. Um, Mm. That that one really – Great uh, point. 
really, really confused the hell out of me. I mean, on the yeah. one fourth and one, yeah. they ran uh, Perrine and Mixon was on the bench. I mean, no disrespect to Perrine, but he's their third down catching and receiving back, not their, you know, short yardage gain a yard back. Um, I believe that was the play where Donald actually just stopped him in his tracks and then pulled him backwards, uh, even though he had full momentum. Pretty sure um, you're right on that, yeah. But, you know, uh, Stafford had some Stafford Wait, moments. is that the one where Donald was offsides? No, I don't think it was that one. Uh, it might have been. I genuinely have no he idea. He was offsides on, the four, on a big fourth and one. Eric Tressler is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Eric, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Good. Life's just better with a puppy, but I'm going to continue to say that until uh, something else changes. But, yeah, no, he... Uh, Without him, it would be a different world. I love I, – I, Dave, Dave sorry, sorry to interrupt you here. I, I love how, like – because Sunday morning, I, I, I was pretty pissed off because I spent three hours fighting with a display hat, and I put that in a group chat, and you just sent the video of the puppy, and um, I, I, it, actually, it, it actually did make me feel a little better. Right? Yeah. Just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just nice. <laughs> All right, Dave, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I will say this, that, that dog's face is so adorable. It'd really be hard to have a bad day, come home and look at him and, and, and not smile. <laughs> it just, I literally I got, into, I got into a heated debate with uh, some higher-ups earlier this week. And at the end, there after a call, they were like, are you okay? Everything all right? And I, I literally said on the call, I was like, I gotta be honest. I just turned sideways and I see this puppy laying here on the ground sleeping. And I'm smiling. So, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, it's, all, it's all it takes. It's all it takes in life. Just a little just a little bit of happiness. That's what he brings. There you go. Life is a series of brief, up, uh, brief, brief ups and downs with brief interludes of happiness. Yes. Dog is one of them. All right. With that, da- Dave, go ahead. Look, we know every game there's missed calls. I mean, it happens all the fucking time. It shouldn't happen, especially in the Super Bowl. Again, but all in all, the, the refs drew less attention than they have in a, a lot, basically every other game that I've watched all season long. Um, I was glad they let him play for the most part, but there was definitely some long calls. I mean, the big touchdown by Cincy coming out of the second half. I mean, Ramsey blatantly had his face mask grabbed and, you know, threw him completely out of the way to open up a huge touchdown. Um you know, and, and look, when it's all said and done, that play by Donald on the fourth down to stop Cincinnati from keeping the move of the ball to try and go down and tie the game or win the game um, was a lot bigger than a lot of people realized until I think earlier this morning when they released the all 22 footage and um, uh, Ramsey got beat again by Jamar Chase and was wide open. Uh, not saying Burrow would have saw him uh, with en- no pressure in his face, but if Burrow did, that game, you know, most likely ends on a on a huge touchdown pass from Burrow to Chase. I personally was rooting for the uh, the Bengals to drive down, kick a game tying field goal, and then win it in overtime by field goal, so I could have won the box pool I was in. But hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, but look, all in all, I, I mean, you know, the biggest thing, and, and you know, you heard some people saying it before the game was. After the amount of close, you know, games that we've seen throughout the playoffs, you know, where we're we going to end up with a dud um with this playoffs and you know it ended up uh it ended up being a, a good game overall i was entertained i didn't have a moment where i looked at it and i'm like why am i watching this 
halftime show, I sat here and bobbed my head and rapped and sang every freaking word other than the one song Mary J. Blige did. I, I never heard that. Well, I heard it. I just didn't know the words to it. Mm. Um, you know, in the Kendrick Lamar song, I don't know that well. So I didn't, you know, but other than that, had a great time with that. Um, that was that was a nice little throwback. Um, but yeah, all in all, I was happy with the Super Bowl, man. I, all in all, I enjoyed it. I was entertained and that's all I can ask for. Yeah, really. I mean, the only people who didn't probably didn't like this the halftime as much as you was just an older generation. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Like, if you didn't know the music, then you probably weren't as into it. Mm -hmm. Or, or about you could say the same about some of the classic rock bands they've had too, because you know, not everybody from every generation knows everybody's music. But I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Well, can I say something? Can I, I? I'm sorry. Can I just say something real quick? Um, I will throw one other group in there. If you were a group of parents who didn't like the music when it first came out, when your kid was a teenager, probably didn't like it as much. Hi, Dad. Go ahead. No, but that's what I mean. <laughs> dad, my dad, like, just wasn't it not their kind of music. So I, I get that. So like, and I understand their their criticisms too of it, but at the same time. Like it, it really wasn't a terrible performance. Um, no. you know, and and mm-hmm. I, I gotta be honest, I don't think it shocked anyone in the world when the news story came out that Snoop Dogg was smoking on the field before the performance. Like that's like the worst kept secret in Hollywood. That's worse than any of the Spider Man, you know, uh, <laughs> rumors that came out. You know what I mean? Like that, that was that was the easiest prop bet there was. So I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why that would shock anybody, but at the same time, you know. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. So, I mean, I can't yeah. say, um, and yeah, overall the game though, uh, it, it was, it's a, it's a very forgettable game in my opinion. That's the best way I would describe it. It was okay. Eh, it's a game that like 10 years from now, you're going to be like, wait, which Super Bowl is that again? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be one of those. It's not going to be like you look back on it and, you know, you're like, oh, my God, like it. I, I really feel like it's a very forgettable Super Bowl. No, other than that, I mean, again, I think it I don't know. I, it was it was what it was. I hit for one box. I won twenty five bucks on a reverse on the third quarter. So I'll take it. And that's about, <laughs> that's about the best I can say coming out of the Super Bowl. I will say this. Odell Beckham uh, actually won me 15 bucks on the touchdown he scored. Uh, I would have liked to have won more, but I didn't. But thank you, Odell, for those 15 bucks. Yes. Uh, I, I, now, obviously, I, as per our conversation earlier in the week, I have a feeling the conversation is going to turn uh, to a certain legacy. I want to throw one thing in about the halftime show. I thought it was really good. We've talked the last few weeks about how easy it was to screw something like this up, and they didn't. They did a good job painting by numbers, if I'm going to be honest, because to me it was kind of these guys come out, they do their thing. The next one comes out, they do their thing. This one comes out, they do their thing. 50 Cent showed up, which I didn't know that was going to happen, and I could have lived without it, but I guess it was okay. Kendrick Lamar, I know two songs of his, and that wasn't one of them, but it was – it was okay. It was what it was. Eminem came in. He did really good. Um, if there weren't all the articles after the halftime show, I'm sorry. I would not have put the knee together. 
When I saw it, I did not, I did not put that together with what was going on. I stupid me, naive me. I was just like, oh, look, Eminem, this really means a lot to him. He's all emotional. He always wanted to play at a halftime show. Look, he's on his knees. He's fighting it back. Oh, that that's not what it is. Mike, so that's, a, totally that, that's a joke I made. No, no, no. Huh? I didn't think about that at all in the moment. Okay. I, not just me then. Good. Not just you. Not just all you. Right. I didn't think that for one second in the moment. Yes. No. I don't think I don't think anybody would have thought that if somebody didn't say it after the halftime show. Go ahead, Dave. The only people that thought that or had a problem with that were people that had a problem with much more than Kaepernick just kneeling. It, Very it, true. Yeah, I don't look at what he did last night as like he kneeled. Uh, to me, not every time somebody gets down on one knee is it a protest. I couldn't I agree more. I don't understand that. Regardless, like, I don't understand why every time somebody gets down on one knee, they got to take it. As, like, listen, take it as a fence when it's under in the national anthem. I can understand that. That wasn't the national anthem being played last night. No, no. So I have no problem with what happened. I don't think it should be an issue whatsoever. And anybody trying to make an issue of it is literally just trying to make an issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love the idea, though, that it first comes out that the NFL did uh, told him not to do that. So everyone's all thinking, oh, OK, well, that's your fault. Then how are you going to tell Eminem not to do something? And then the NFL through ESPN puts out a statement. No, we never said anything about that. Yeah. What can you say at this point? There's nothing you're going to say right now that anybody's going to believe. So anyway, but what I was going to say was. It felt I would have liked to have seen something like what I told you last week, where there was a little more collaboration, a little more crossover between the artists, a little sweetener on top. Because otherwise, I, I think it would have taken a really good halftime show to a great halftime show. I don't know if you guys agree with me on that one. I I loved it. I, like I said, I was bobbing and rapping and. Singing. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. What do you think, Eric? about the halftime show, I liked it. Okay, all right. No, I was just, I was, I was just saying what would have made it greater for me. What would have pushed it over the top? Because the ones who are saying that that's the greatest halftime show of all time, I don't know if I'm there yet. You guys, do me a favor, so take why over does real everything quick. Everything have to be compared to the. Oh my God, this is the greatest. Oh, this is the greatest ever. Like, why can't it just be good? It was good. It wasn't. You know, why does everything have to be compared to the next? It's it's like apples and oranges. It's like comparing certain generations to certain people. You can't compare Wilt Chamberlain's generation to LeBron James' generation of basketball. They just they don't translate the same way. You know, it's a, I don't understand why everything has to be like, oh, my God, who's the greatest? The greatest, the greatest, the greatest. It doesn't matter if it was greatest. It was enjoyable to a lot of different people, and that's what it should be. We're all there to enjoy and have fun. And... I don't think anybody last night, as long as you were somewhat a fan of the music or grew up in that era, um, that you were disappointed in. Uh, yeah. Uh, they have to, uh, they, all, like I said, uh, all in all, I think what they did and how, and how they did it um, was, was good. Is there always room for improvement? Of course. Can you compare it to other shows if you want to? But why waste the damn time? You know, live it up, enjoy it for what, uh, and, yeah. and move on. I think the only way they could have made it better was to simplify it. If they would have had just Dre, Snoop, and Eminem there, I think it could have been a better performance overall. Mm. 
I think if they I, would have just fight it rather than adding Kendrick, adding 50 Cent, adding Mary J. Again, nothing wrong with any of it. I, I enjoyed what I watched. I'm not saying like, oh my God, it was terrible. Their, their parts, it wasn't. But at the same time, I think it would have been better if it would have been simplified because we could have got some, I, I don't know. I, I just think it could have been a little bit better, a little more I, th I, I think you could have taken Kendrick and 50 Cent out and you wouldn't have lost anything and you might have gotten a little more of that collaboration, a little bit more of that crossover just by making it a little more simple and thinning out the herd, so to speak. Um, but I, I will say one thing, and Fife brought this up in our group chat, and I, I totally agree with them. The fact that they started with Dre and they ended with Dre, when you have three performers on that stage who aren't there without Dre, beautiful, beautiful. I also appreciate uh, his, his quick little uh, tribute to, um, to Tupac. Uh, I really, I really thought there was going to be more of a tribute to Tupac, truthfully. Like, I, I, I don't. Honest, I, it would have jumped the shark if the Tupac hologram would have popped. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we needed a hologram Tupac, but like an actual poster of Tupac to come out of one of the uh, the trailers they had there. Just drape the photo in front of one of the trailers during California Love. That would have been fine. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm glad they threw some in there, but you could definitely tell they were doing everything they could to stay within the time that they had. True, true, and but everything I thought had its proper moments to breathe. You know, Eric, like what you what you've been saying. Well, both you guys have said it at some point. Don't throw too much shit in. Don't try to do throw too much with the mashups. They didn't do that. Everything basically got its proper due. I think. So I like that. And I had no idea who Anderson Pac was. I didn't know until today he was the drummer on Eminem's Lose Yourself. So, well, okay. On, but the, the, I will say the one part where I felt like we just didn't get enough, and, and I think you guys might agree with this, but again, I think it was time constraints and whatnot. But I really wish we would have got that verse from Eminem from Forgot About Dre rather than just the chorus bar or the chorus lines of it. You know what I mean? I wish he would have done like his section ad. So like, cause it, I think it, it's, that would have been cool. That's the only thing I would have said that I really feel like I, when I watch that moment, I'm like, man, I wish that moment would have been a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm just going to guess that's one of your favorite Eminem verses then. It is. I like it. I like that yeah. song. I've, I've, this, to me, the songs are right. It was never one of my favorites, but if, if you like that, I'm not, I'm not going to step on that for you. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's like one of my favorite songs of all time, but yeah, I enjoy it. No, 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 no. You're just I talking just like, in terms of the artist. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. That's cool. That's cool. I like that they, I, I, I didn't expect them to do Lose Yourself, but in hindsight, it's like, how do you not do Lose Yourself when you're in front of a big crowd at the Super Bowl? Because you only have one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. The opportunity comes once in a lifetime, yeah? There you go. There you go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Let's turn this conversation because I'm I'm sure uh, I know Eric has some thoughts about because we've been hearing about what this means for Matt Stafford the last couple of days. We had a pretty spirited debate about it in the group text. So I'll let Eric go here because there's a, there's a lot that's been said. And basically, I'm going to leave you guys to really 
talk about this. I just want to say a few things at the start here. Guidelines, as it were. Um, number one, I don't think anybody's going to make the case that this Super Bowl automatically makes Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer because I don't any think anybody here would believe that. So that's number one. Number two, I think the idea that you can compare Stafford to guys like Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino, who even if you don't think they are top five quarterbacks of all time, I think we would all agree they are at the very least in the top 15 of quarterbacks in all time. And I don't think anybody oh, is going to make just, an argument. You just, did you just use Matthew Stafford's name in the same category as Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino? If did, you would have – no, 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 no. That's, exa that's not what I did. You didn't let me finish the sentence. I said those two guys – if you would let, let me finish the sentence – I would have said Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers, we can all agree, are at least top 15 quarterbacks, and nobody here is going to make the case that Matt Stafford is a top 15 quarterback. Okay? Having said that, I think the idea that uh, a comparison to Trent Dilfer, Dan, um, uh, Brad Johnson, or Jim McMahon is totally ludicrous when you consider the fact that those guys had much shorter careers than Matt Stafford, those guys were semi-starters for a while but settled into backup roles. Matt Stafford's never been a backup in his entire 13-year career. You can say they're different errors, but at the end of the day, even if they played in the same era as Stafford, none of those three would ever have had the stats that Stafford did. So I think a comparison to those three is just as ridiculous as a comparison to Dan Marino or Aaron Rodgers or any other top 15 quarterback. Well, no, but you're not. You're Wait a minute. I'm not done. I'm not done. Again, I'm not done. Well, I can't get to it all. If you don't let me. Well, well I don't plan it. I'm saying another thing you're after this. I plan. Though. You're just yelling shit out. But again, you gotta, you, you're not, you never even took my argument about those three guys into consideration. So you can't say Because there's no argument. Team. There's no argument to be there made is. about that. There There's none. They, the Matt Stafford's got 50,000 career yards. They did not get the Super Bowl MVP. They didn't get it. Every other quarterback that's on that list at least has one Super Bowl MVP. They are the you know, you're putting, a, you're putting a lot. Super Bowl MVP. That's that why they're on the same category. They fit but they don't way. have the careers of Matt Stafford to compare they any of those three. Marriage. That doesn't matter. Are you really going to make the case that any of those three have the would have the have the numbers that Matt Stafford would if they played in the same era? It's a different game. Again, I just it doesn't matter. None of them are the quarterbacks that Matt Stafford is. This is exact. This is exactly what I didn't want to do. Exactly what I didn't want to do. Will Chamberlain to LeBron James? You can't do it. I'm sorry. That's what you're trying to do here. No, that's it. not what I'm saying. That's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to do here. No. You're completely twisting everything around because I say you can't compare Matt Stafford to three guys who settled into career backup roles. I'm comparing Will Chamberlain to uh, 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 Mike. All right, he cut out. Dave, give me your opinion on this because I got to be honest. I, I'm looking at it as I looked at the quarterbacks out there. I looked at who's won Super Bowls. And who won Super Bowl MVPs, what they had to do. Again, Stafford, Stafford, in this, he did what he does in this Super Bowl. He wasn't anything special. He wasn't the reason they won the game. He's never been. Richard Sherman said it best. I sent it to you guys before. Richard Sherman said this best. No all-decade team, no all-pros, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl, and never, ever considered the best any year he played. 
He is not an all-time great. And nobody is making the case that he is an all-time great here. That's what I was trying to say at the start. Nobody has ever said that he's a top 15 quarterback. Nobody's ever comparing him to someone who is a top 15 quarterback. Nobody's even saying he's a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying to compare him to Trent Dilfer, Dan McMahon, and Brad Johnson is just ridiculous. It's not. That's absolutely – it is entirely absurd. You go look at their numbers. You look at his. I don't give a fuck whatever they com- competed in. It doesn't matter. They were not the talent of quarterback that Matt Stafford is. Dave, what do you – no, no, no. Dave, go ahead. All right. So a couple things here. He definitely could be (laughs) – I mean, Eric, the way you said it, like you said, no MVPs, never considered the best at any time, never an all-pro. He never a Super Bowl MVP, one Super Bowl ring. Right? I think that was, like, the list. I think that, for the most part, it's the list. The only difference between him and Eli Manning is Super Bowl MVPs and one more ring. So if we're going to call Eli Manning a potential Hall of Famer because of the runs that he had in the playoffs and how he some of the throws he made in the Super Bowls, like he also uh, did it with one team, he didn't have to get traded somewhere. That that, has, you, that has nothing to do with it. No. Listen, but thank what, you. But he does have another I, ring. And when he does it, have it, Super Bowl MVPs. But, but at least one Super Bowl what MVP. I, what I will say is that, to me, the no-look pass on third and long on the game-winning <laughs> drive to Cooper Cup was just as impressive as any throw I've seen any quarterback make, whether it be regular season or, or a Super Bowl. I don't care who you want to name. I don't care what play you want to bring up. That was one of the craziest throws I have ever seen. That was insane and a immense amount of confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. That said, Mike, he can also be grouped in with the group that Eric's mentioning because, yeah, does he have better statistics? Of course he does. Back then, they threw the ball 30% of the time and ran it 70. Now they throw it 70% of the time and run it 30 you also have guys that can catch the ball on a five-yard slant and go 90 yards for a touchdown. There really wasn't any guys like that on those teams. Like, so think about how much of his career he played where he had Calvin Johnson, the only wide receiver I've ever seen in my life, get covered in the inside uh, with goal to go like it's a freaking punt with two guys on him right at the line of scrimmage. So he also played with arguably one of the greatest talents to ever step foot on the field as a wide receiver. With all of that said, when I look at Matthew Stafford, do I think he's a Hall of Famer? No. Do I think he'll get in the Hall of Fame now that he's got a ring? Yes. So without all the yelling and screaming. I agree with that, Dave. I agree with that assessment. And I think we all agree with that assessment. It's just Mike thinks differently about this than I do for some reason, which got shown. But I think we can all agree on that assessment. Not a Hall of Famer, but a guy who will probably get in eventually because he does have one ring and the NFL just will let everybody in eventually. 
The only point I was making, which seems to get lost here, is I feel an argument to call him a top 15 quarterback in the same category with guys as Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers is just as ludicrous as comparing him to Trent Dilfer, Jim McMahon, and Brad Johnson. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Eric, I'm looking something up here because you seem to hold a lot of weight on the Super Bowl MVP argument here. I just want to point out guys like Dexter Johnson, Dion Branch, uh, Joe Flacco, uh, Malcolm Smith, and Nick Foles oh, all have all have Joe Super Bowl Flacco's MVPs. Yes. Joe Flacco's got one. I know. They all got them. Yeah. Some guy named Ripkin's got one, too. I mean, there's Ripkin. guys. Ripkin. Yeah, yeah. Ripkin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, so how much argument, how much pull does that That's really I mean, have though, is, is my question. Those guys were never even special enough to win one when other guys out there were. To me, Matthew Stafford is just as forgettable as the game we watched on Sunday. Well, I, I, I got to be gonna... honest. When we have kids one day, they just got one. When little Reed grows up one day, I guarantee you 30 years from now, you ask him who Matthew Stafford is, I bet you he can't tell you. Well, I will say this. I, I think if you're judging it by a game, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. It'll be interesting to see where the teams go from here and if we, this becomes the start of something for the teams because I think if there's multiple ones for the Rams or if Burrow does get the Bengals back to a Super Bowl and they're able to win in the future, I think <coughs> you may look at it in a different light. You may still think the game itself is forgettable, but it may be the first in a line is what I'm saying there. I also it's too hard for him to get back anytime in the next decade. It's going to be a Herculean task. That Burrow, uh, are you talking Burrow or Stafford? Burrow, Stafford's Burrow. probably never getting back to one. Burrow, I'm going to say the same I thing. I, I, I'm going to let whoever was talking go there, but I'm going to say the same thing about Burrow that I said three weeks ago after the division round. I still say within three years, Burrow and the Bengals can win a Super Bowl if they do something about that offensive line, maybe add one or two more playmakers to that defense. I'm going to stand by that sentence. I also want to uh, – who, who else wanted to talk, Dave? Did you have something you wanted to throw in? All I was trying to say is that – why I agree with Eric is that you look at the young quarterbacks, like the quarterback's 26 and younger in the AFC, and – there's guys that are a year, year and a half older than him that are a better quarter. Like Josh Allen and Mahomes are both barely older than him, and they're both better quarterbacks right now. I, I can't argue with you on that one. I One final point I want to make, and I, I want to – then I'll get you guys in on this. The whole team or player who gets the credit, I think there needs to be consistency in that argument. Because if we're going to blame Stafford for the fact that Detroit never did anything and he couldn't win there, the idea that we give him no credit for the success of the Rams on Sunday just strikes me as a little hypocritical there. We need to have a standard, consistent policy on that one. Eric? Yeah. Thank you. Eric? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for consistency. Okay. So if we're given, uh, if we're saying, well, uh, Stafford never won anything with the Lions, how do we give him no credit for the game he had on Sunday when, yeah, all right, the defense did his job. Aaron Donald and Von Miller completely beat the shit out of Joe Burrow in that second half, especially the fourth quarter, to the point where I'm hearing that Burrow may have a torn ACL and he played through it. 
So I'm not taking anything away on that one play. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from what the defense did, but Stafford led that game winning drive. That play that Dave brought no, up, the no look pass. Led that game winning drive. Oh, stop. He had to throw the no look pass. Listen, that was Stafford being Stafford. He's lucky it didn't get picked. It worked uh-huh. out this time, but But see, that's what I'm talking about. Picked there instead. So this happened to be the one time that makes him look like a champion. But that's the problem is he's he's a gunslinger, but he's not the best gunslinger in the West. You know what I mean? So he's gonna he's gonna take a few bullets sometimes uh, rather than just you know throw them. And I, that that's what ends up happening, unfortunately. You know, and I, that, that's why Stafford is Stafford. He can well, make again, a great play like that, but he's gonna make more stupid plays, and he's gonna make those kind of plays. And when he it counted, he made the big play. play. He just made that play in the right moment. Again, not he saying made, he's look, talented. He went to one of the best ahead. colleges he made a great in the nation. He's been a great guy. I mean, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I don't think he's, like, you know, poised to win another one next year. I wouldn't call him favorites. I wouldn't say anything. I think he's a guy who, who got one before he retired. Good for him. And, you know, he should ride off into the sunset. That's my uh, – that's what I think Stafford should do. Go out on a high note. Uh, go ahead. I'm uh, cousin David brings up a, a good point. He says the Bengals lost the game more than the Rams won the game. And I think that's kind of a an interesting route to go because, like, when I look at that game, I say I personally say the Rams won that game. And I say they won that game because they literally sacked from the middle of the third quarter to the end of the game. They sacked Burrow six times. And Donald was a quarter of an inch of Burrow's knee being off the ground when he threw the ball from winning the game with their seventh sack in that time period, which would have also set the record for most sacks in a game. Or, well, I don't know if it's in a game, but a quarterback getting sacked the most in one game in the Super Bowl. He would have been sacked eight total times. Like, I don't think the Bengals lost that game. I think the Rams won that game. And that uh, I that's just how I look at it. I think that defense took over and, and shut things down and, yeah, they got lucky with that bullshit fucking defensive holding or defensive pass interference, whatever the hell that crappy call was on third and goal. Um, that was a horrible call. But the the next call was a good call. So you don't know if that would have happened anyway, and they would have still gotten first and goal. Like, you really have no idea what would have happened because they obviously had to go for it. They had no choice. So what do you do? But me personally, I, I think the Rams won the game more than the Bengals uh, lost the game. And if we're going to talk about the bad calls that helped the Rams, let's talk about the non-calls that helped the Bengals with the, the, Dave, you brought it up, the face mask penalty that wasn't called. There was another pass interference call later in the game that I saw a replay of earlier today that was not called. So the Bengals got away with some stuff too. The idea that the refs only helped the Rams out, no, no. So I I also want to say one final point here that I, I would like to make. You know, we talk about Cup having the great year, Donald having the highlights. Cup, we've all known Cooper Cup was a underrated wide receiver going into the season. He was a very good wide receiver going into the season. Whether or not you feel that he had the greatest year ever as a wide receiver, that's fine. He had one of the greatest statistical seasons a wide receiver ever has, and he does that after he changes quarterbacks from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. I think it's fair to say Stafford had a large part in Cup's breakout this year. I don't know if anybody 
But Eric- again, what? No, I don't have anything to say because I feel like you're just trying to goad me into something. I, I don't know what you're trying to get out here. I thought we were all in agreement. Stafford's a forgettable guy who doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, but will eventually get there because of this one ring that he got that, you know, he kind of didn't win the game, but he was there for it and played okay, I guess. Made a play when it counted. Um, I, I don't know what you're trying to get at with this. Yeah, I, we, uh, yeah, Mike, I don't know where you go. I got to agree with Eric on this one. I don't know if you were trying to go to him into something because – I wasn't we, – well, if I was – if I was, I didn't. It happened that Stafford was better than Goff. Mm. Like, there was no, – nobody was arguing that that conversation. So, I don't really – like, I get, yeah, Cup had better stats, but he should have better stats. He had a better quarterback, and he also lost the number two wide receiver in Robert Woods after just a couple of weeks. So, you didn't have the number two target. Stafford had to adjust to Deshaun Jackson. They cut him. Stafford had to adjust to OBJ, and he took off in his last six games of the or seven games of the year. So, like, I get what you're saying; you're not wrong, but it, it I, I don't, I don't know if you're just trying to see if you get Eric yelling about. No, I, I mean, truthfully, if I was trying to go to him, I didn't hear the answers anyway. But honestly, I just, I just wanted to get in everything I wanted to get in there, and I did. So, alrighty, that's what I got to say about that. Um. Listen, final point here, and we'll wrap this up. I think a comparison to quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, if you want to throw a Roethlisberger or an Eli in there, I'm not going to argue, but a Tony Romo or a Phillip Rivers, guys who are fringe Hall of Fame candidates. We may not look at them as Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but who knows if they're going to get the consideration later. That's where I think he falls into more than anything superlative or anything you know uh, mediocre. And that's all I got to say. I don't know if you guys want a final closing thoughts on this I one. Just think, I just think that you had a pretty broad spectrum there. Of, could be anywhere from Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers to Eli and Roethlisberger is a pretty, to me, those are pretty like decent sized gaps. Maybe not the Rivers one so much, but the Matt Ryan one to me is a pretty big gap between him. and. Well, you brought up Ryan. You brought up Ryan and I, I like the I comparison. Think I think you believe in yourself a meaty part of the bone to stick Stafford into and I only think he gets to that aspect I don't again I don't think without this ring he's even as high as Matt Ryan I think it's only the ring that's getting him higher so I don't again I don't know where this is really going because it's a pretty big spectrum he gave there so I listen at at the end of the day in the mediocre quarterbacks of his of his generation sure somewhere in that time frame like yes he's not Tom Brady yes he's not Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees but or, or Peyton Manning but he, he's he's somewhere else in between. It's like, well, no, I, of course we knew that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, again, I don't know where, where it's pretty broad. All I'm, all I'm trying to say is I think he's more in the middle range of, of um, all-time quarterbacks than one way or another mediocre or all-time great. I don't look at him as an all-time great. I'm not Middle going range to. and mediocre are pretty much the same thing. Middle. No, they're not. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that statement. Dave. I mean, look, when it's all said and done, there's too many great quarterbacks for me to sit here and figure out where the hell I'd put Stafford, but I could probably name about 10 that I'd put ahead of him without even trying. Mm. All right, we can move on then. Um, I, 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 does anybody – oh, what did you guys think? This is coming a little late, but I think it's it's fair to bring this up. Uh, 
the only real coaching change that happened last week, I think it was one of the last ones, Lovey Smith gets hired by the Houston Texans seemingly out of nowhere when we know who the candidates were that they were thinking of. Obviously, one of them they couldn't hire because given the climate and everything that happened over the last month, there was no way they could hire a guy with no experience like a Josh McCown as their head coach. And the other one currently has a lawsuit against the NFL. What did you guys think with the, the Texans hiring Lovey Smith? I think it was a cop out. Yes. Yep. Yes. I, I don't think there's any other way to say it. I think it was a cop out. All right. They, basically, they wanted to hire Josh McCown, whether it was the NFL or whoever got in their ear and was like, look, you want to hire him? You got to wait a little bit longer. Yep. And, the Texans, the Texans, we saw it this year. That organization literally has zero issues with wasting a season. Yeah, <laughs> well said on that one. <coughs> All right, does anybody have anything else football-wise they'd like to bring up? Uh, no. No, Eric. Six, seven months till our next game, and or six months till our, or seven months till our next game. New league year starts in a month. Draft is in April. Mini camps start in May. Then you got that dull period of June where the, the NFL still find a way to make themselves relevant. Training camp July, preseason August. It'll be back before you know it. It'll never yep. leave. What'd you say? I said it'll never leave. It's the year, become a year-round sport. Yep. All of them are year-round sports, if you think about it, because they all try to space stuff out. The NFL just winds up doing it a lot. Be a no-year sport. In normal circumstances, though, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I want to bring up the basketball trade deadline real quick. It was only a year ago we talked about James Harden forcing his way out of Houston to go to the Nets. Nice to see that experiment blew up horribly. Right? Didn't even get to a conference championship last year or the conference finals last year. Now James Harden goes to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond and two first round draft picks. Uh, All things considered, depending on how Simmons plays, I feel like the Nets came out of that trade a lot better than they really could have considered the circumstances. Dave. I mean, look, I think, uh, all in all, it's a trade that is either going to make each team more competitive or it's going to be a trade that when it's really all said and done, both teams are, you know, without that same player within a year or two. Um, so Ben Simmons, I look, I, I don't care how bad he thought Philly was. It's not like New York's going to be any better. I get it. Brooklyn doesn't, you know, ha- have the same, you know, weight to it that being a Nick does, but at the same time, it's still New York. It's still going to be a bunch, just as much, if not more media than what he dealt with in Philly. So he better man up and play good football, or it's just going to be, it's going to be just as bad, if not worse than what he went through in Philly. So Harden on the other hand in Philly, I, I like that fit pick and roll with Joel Embiid. But the one thing Harden needs to understand is that, being with a player like Embiid, Embiid's like Kobe. I'm not saying he's anywhere near what Kobe was, but when it comes down to his mentality and his ability to bite his tongue, both are the same. 
So if Harden's bullshitting or wasting time or acting like a bitch, Embiid not only will say something to his face, but Embiid will say something to the media too. He don't give a shit. So uh, I, I I think that'll be a very interesting dynamic. And, and if Harden shows up and plays, I think it'll go really well. But if he doesn't, I think you're going to see uh, see some bad games. And more importantly, I think you're going to see um, a, a lot of drama, to put it lightly. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting for both sides. I think the one thing Simmons has going for him is that it is a, a fresh start with the Nets. I do think when he comes out and plays for the first time, I think the Brooklyn crowd will be receptive to him. But if he has the same struggles that he had in the playoffs and if he winds up really doing bad like it got in Philadelphia, it's going to be the same situation. And for Harden, it's really his last go-around, if you think about it. If he can't win with Philadelphia after forcing his way off of two teams in the last two seasons, I don't know, man. He'll get a nice paycheck out of it. But uh, any talk of him being an all-time great is completely out the window. Eric, what do you say? I say that Harden is on the downside of his career. I think he's 33 now. So, I mean, he's on the downswing. He's trying to get himself a championship, and he could see the writing on the wall. He just didn't see it happening with the Nets this year. Um, I, I, As far as Simmons goes, I mean, same boat. I mean, they both kind of forced their way out of places. And, I mean, the Nets are just getting back the same type of player they just gave up. A guy who forces his way out of one place, what do you think? He wouldn't do it again if things don't work out with the Nets? It's just – it's it's silly. So, I mean, but that's just the era that we play in with these guys. They're more diva than anything else, unfortunately. And uh, they don't want to play when they don't want to play, and <laughs> they make sure they don't. And uh, so this trade works out to at least get everybody back on the court. You know, Harden was faking an injury. Simmons just was flat out sitting out. Um, so, I mean, it'd be good to actually see those guys playing basketball again, although the basketball Harden was playing wasn't the best basketball. But, again, he's not really in the best shape of his life either. I wonder how much he's really actually training, or is he just wanting a guy to ride somebody? He wants to kind of ride somebody else's coattails, what I think. Mm. Um, and, I mean, to me, the Nets totally fleeced them too, because if you're the Nets, it's not even just about Simmons who you get back. And I get that you have four years of Simmons um, still to pay, but at the same time, you get back those draft picks. I mean, I don't know why Maury gave up so damn much. I mean, giving up Seth Curry, giving up Andre Drummond, giving up the picks, and and Ben Simmons just for Harden and Millsap. I mean, Millsap, another guy on the downside of his career. I don't understand it. I mean, it's a it's got to be a, a win-now mode for Philly, but, I mean, what happened to trust the process? This can't really be a part of the process. I mean, you just mortgage the future. That's not a Philly way, in my opinion. Like that's not what they've. So that's not their mantra over the last ten years. So it's it's just a little bit weird and uh, abnormal to to see from them. At the same time, uh, I think Simmons. I, he's a guy who I really watched coming out of LSU when he was in college. <laughs> um, I, I think he has a ton of tools. I just wonder if he's almost like a guy to me. I'm going to compare him to somebody, and some people may not like the comparison. But to me, he reminds me of like a Vince Young type, a guy who just had all the talent in the world. Vince, Vince Young could, I mean, do almost anything on the football field. If you watched him during the national championship game against USC uh, when they played against Reggie Bush and uh, – Oh, who was the quarterback at that time? I don't think it was. Liner? Liner? Liner, maybe. Could have been Liner. 
Um, that, that, that was an unbelievable national championship. And I mean, you remember Vince Young's performance. It was ridiculous. So, I mean, like he, a guy like that, like where he, the, Simmons has all the talent in the world. I remember writing about, it. I was writing a blog at the time. And I, I honestly felt coming out of college, Ben Simmons could have been like the next LeBron. I had the chance to do everything on the court from rebound to assist to score and have the size to be like a point forward type. Like he, he really does. And he has that kind of handle, like, but the talent never made it as far as, you know, as I think he's going to make it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I squandered talent in my opinion. And I think the same with like Vince Young. I was, uh, the guy has a winning record as a quarterback in the NFL, but then couldn't get a job because he was too much of a head case. And it's sad to say, but it could become the same type of thing with Ben Simmons, where a guy's really talented, but just becomes too much of a head case to really bother with. Mm. Um, especially if he just keeps wanting to sit out and, you know, get his own way. So who knows? But uh, I think a fresh start for the both of them is a good thing. And uh, I think both teams are going to be good teams in the East. I think the Nets are just better set up for the future. Well, I'll say, I'll say this too. When the Harden trade happened last year, we had talked about the fact that the Nets gave up so much in terms, not just draft picks, but in terms of the role players, the other guys around them who could, you know, be a guy, uh, spark off the bench, things like that. And getting Curry and Drummond back, I think, is good in terms of depth to have. And I think it's a good situation for Simmons because if Durant comes back healthy and Kyrie plays the games he's going to play in. Simmons doesn't have to be a scorer. He could do what he does best. In the NBA, what he's done best is facilitate and rebound. Shooting hasn't really been a big part of his game, obviously. He doesn't have to do that now. He can defer to the other ones and just focus on the parts of his game that he's been good at in the pros. Dave? Sorry. Um, <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I look, I, I think both guys fit well, and I, I think Simmons being able to play more of a distributor role or at least be able to play closer to the basket and, and you know, more cut to the hoop and those types of things and take ability, take advantage of Durant and drive and dish. Like, I, I think I think those are areas where you're going to see some real benefits, um, you know, for Simmons. And if I'm going to be honest, what I'm kind of excited about is, like, Philly actually has the ability to play old-school basketball. And, and and what I mean by that is, is feed the ball to Embiid in the, in the post and, and be able to kick it out for the three-point ball instead of, you know, playing outside in. They're going to be able to play inside out or outside in. And I think that's something that's really going to give them a dynamic offensively if they use it the right way that, that could really make them a hard team to, to deal with. There's no, there's really nobody in the East that has a big man that matches up with Joel, Joel Embiid. Uh, I mean, Embiid's a 35. Um, I mean, I don't want to interrupt plus. you, Dave. Dave, 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 I'm really sorry, but I can't let that, I can't let that comment go. You, we do remember that, that Anthony Cupo is in the East, right? He's not really a center, though. He's more of a power forward. He's, he plays he's center at times, though. Still, yeah. the, the center. I, I get forward. no, no. I get that, but I'm just saying. You, I mean, Dur then you can say Duran is too, but neither one of them are, are guarding Embiid. Yeah, on no, but uh, you would have a better chance of having having uh, Giannis uh, actually guard Embiid because he's got the size to guard him down low, where 
Durant really doesn't. Durant's got the length, but I would put toe-to-toe up Giannis next to Embiid, and Embiid don't make Giannis look small. I can tell you that. The guy's jacked. I don't think he'd have any problem getting getting a little bit physical if he had to down down low with Embiid. Um, I think it's, I think it's. I just think that like if you're going to talk about big men, I mean he's a guy who's won what MVPs now and everything else, uh, championship. Something Embiid's still trying to work towards. So I would still say the best big man in the East. Myself, I'm going with Anton Nakupo. All right, I, I'm not gonna. I think. I, I'll, I'm I'm, I'm more with I'm, he is, uh, but I'm not. I just don't count him as an actual big man. I I tend to agree with Dave on that one. I think it's a style thing. I think I, and Kupo just does not play the style that him. But does. well, I don't know what that means though. The guy's all built around scoring inside dunks, layups. I just think Embiid's a, a I, I, I think he's not a guy who hangs out and, and shoots a lot of jump shots. So that's where I'm kind of confused on why you guys wouldn't see him as a big man. Like I, for like he rebounds. Like I, I don't know where. Like where's the because because Embiid's not trying to take you off the dribble from the three point line where Giannis can and will. But still, Giannis's game is mostly in the paint. Like where Durant, you can't say most of his game is in the paint. He's mostly a jump shooter and whatnot. Just because you Durant or just because. Anto Nakubo could take him off the dribble doesn't mean that he should be in a different category. I mean, he's just a good player, but he still does 90% of his damage down low. I just don't think Anto Nakubo is as physical as Embiid is. I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm just saying I, I don't think he has been. Hey, when it's all said and done, I, I either way, I think the best way to commit, separate them from what I'm trying to say is that Milwaukee's offense doesn't revolve around getting uh, Giannis the ball in the post. It's more about getting it to him within 15, 18 feet of the hoop, have him face up, take his man off the dribble, body him into to the paint, kick out or score because they don't double down, where Embiid's going to catch the ball, you know, 10, 12 feet from the hoop and try to back it. So that, that's really, I think, the, the where I'm separating the two of them and where I'm coming from with the big man point of view. But either way, Giannis is a monster, and I will never take anything away from his ass. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think you're going to get a chance to, to watch big man ball uh, or old school ball and playing it inside out instead of outside in. And I think that'll, I think that's going to be a little fun to watch. But as a Bulls fan, I, I really am, am not here rooting for uh, Philly to get any better, and I think they got better. <laughs> Maybe not better. They're at least just as good with another impact score. I, I, I do think it winds up coming out to – I'm sorry to cut you off, Dave. I didn't know you were still going there. But um, I think it kind of evens out to the same when you consider Harden's better than Simmons, but I think with what they gave up in Curry and Drummond, it probably evens out to about the same. Yeah, that that that's exactly what I, I I said when you when you went. So you didn't huh. you didn't cut me off. You just drove home the point. <laughs> I like to help. I like to help. I'm a helper. Um, um I complain, my man. <laughs> um, I don't know if we have anything else that stuck out to us about the NBA trading deadline. I will say one thing that kind of goes to the point we were all just talking about here. We, uh, you know, I said Anthony Cupo doesn't really play center. They had Brooke Lopez as their center. I know he's been hurt for a lot of this season. They traded for Serge Ibaka, 
from the Clippers. It was a three-team trade. More than likely, I, I think he'd be the guy they would try to put on Embiid, even though that might be a futile attempt. But uh, I don't know if anything else stuck out to you on the trade deadline, Dave. Um, I was really shocked to see uh, the C.J. McCollum trade. Mm. That 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 one really shocked me. I, I just feel for Dame Lillard. I think this it actually happened before the deadline because I think I said this last week. Yeah, I think uh, it happened last Tuesday. So yeah, I was really shocked by that. Um, other than that, though, none of the none of the trades really kind of like blew me away. Um, I was more shocked that you know. Well, I, I guess Przingis getting traded from Dallas, that was an interesting trade. I didn't see that one coming. He went uh, to Washington, right? Yeah, for uh, Dimwitty. Right, right. So, like, that one that one kind of shocked me. I, I didn't really see that coming, but I, you heard rumors of Dallas wanting to get rid of Przingis and him being more of a distraction than anything else. So, I mean, all in all, uh, look, NBA trade deadline is always going to be better than the NFL trade deadline, but it was a kind of quiet year all in all for the NBA. Yep. Eric, I don't know if you got anything you want to throw in. No, other than I thought they brought in somebody else into uh, with the Mavericks. I thought they made some, a trade and brought in somebody I thought Luca was friends with. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Uh, I can I don't look think it yeah, I don't know about any other big names. I know, I know, all I know about for Dallas was the Przingis for Dimwitty trade. Looking it up right now. Um, I've been a part of that trade. It might have been a separate trade, but I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Don't doubt yourself, Eric. Have faith. Either, other than that, though, it is basketball hockey season, so it's uh, getting ready for March Madness, too, coming up, so. I'd say start paying attention around conference tournament time. I'm, uh, I, I don't see anything. It might have been someone in. Oh, Davis Bertans probably is who you're thinking of. He, he won in the uh, Przingis trade. Maybe. I'm only going, I'm only going with it because of the name. Um, yeah. No, I, I'll tell you this. How far is Porzingis fallen, though? This is a guy that we kind of thought was going to be the centerpiece for the Knicks for a while, forced his way out of the Knicks. Now, because of whatever's going on with him off the court, he gets forced out of Dallas. Huh? He's extinct. What? He's the unicorn. He's extinct. (laughs) Those those glimpses of greatness are long gone, and now all we have left are the, you know, myths and, and legends about him. That was well said. I can give you that. That was pretty good. All right. Um, does anybody have anything else sports related they'd like to bring up? I was going to say, I, I don't think I could have said that any better, Eric. I, I, I got to give him credit for that. That was really good. That was like, because <laughs> my first thought when, when, when Mike went back to Porzingis, I was like, well, yeah, he was like, his nickname was the unicorn when he came out. Like, <laughs> what the hell happened to him? And then all of a sudden, Eric's just like, yeah, no, nah, he is. He's extinct. Like, extinct. Like, bye. He don't exist anymore. <laughs> just the biggest <laughs> that we tell about him. That, I, uh, Eric, that, that may be one of my favorite metaphors you've ever dropped, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try. I try. 
Yeah. I'm happy I gave you a second chance to say it because all I heard in my headphones was stinks. That's all I heard. So I, I, I'm glad I gave you a second chance to say that. So does anybody have anything else sports related they wanted to bring up tonight? Uh, all, I, I, all, I'm gonna, all I'm going to say is how about my boy DeMar DeRozan? Many people said it was the worst free agent signing of free agency, and my man is averaging almost 40 a game this week, five boards, five assists, three-game winning streak for uh, Chicago. Like, dude is a moonster, and I love him. He definitely is having the best season of his career so far, so congratulations there. Uh, Eric? I, oh, I, I did want Chicago. I did want to bring up two minor things. One, we don't really got to spend any time on. It's just kind of a, a sad kind of, you know, for a guy who was a great, in my opinion. But Adrian Peterson getting arrested for domestic violence charges, but apparently the DA is not going to charge him. Um, but still, just that any of that stuff is going on after the other stuff that happened with him years ago. Uh, mm. you know, not a story you really want to want to read or see or see him get arrested um but yeah so just hoping that everything's all right in that situation and uh you know um but yeah he he in my opinion adrian peterson is an all-time great running back i agree no ring don't care put him in the hall i agree i agree i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up is um i didn't know anything about this but i'm hearing there's a book that either just came out or is coming out about Coach K um, with Duke. And that, I don't know, there's some stories in there, I guess, that aren't as super flattering about him. And everybody kind of looks up to him as, like, you know, coaching pantheon of, like, you know, he, he's the top level. He's, he's you know, the upper echelon type guy that, you know, you think of when you think of, of coaches and – um, interested to actually hear the stories and, and possibly even pick up the book and give it a read. Uh, I, I think that that's it could be could be interesting, but I'd hate to see it come out now when the guy's retiring. Um, but apparently, he had a big hand in kind of choosing, or you know, has a big hand in choosing the replacement. Going to be, I guess, a former player Shire, um, who's I guess been on his coaching staff. But uh, it came down to, like, him and another guy, Amaker. But I guess there's a story in the book about how Shire actually got is getting the job. It doesn't make Coach K look the greatest, I don't think. So just interesting. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about this book or if, you're, if it interests you guys at all to read it. But uh, I'm sure we're definitely going to hear some stories coming out about it as this book starts to hit shelves. Yeah, I'm seeing the article right now on ESPN. Uh, the only thing I can really see concrete here, because I'm kind of skimming through the article, uh, Mike had to explain to Tommy Amaker why he couldn't be the guy. He can be Don Corleone when he needs to be. Eventually, Amaker, because I guess Amaker was the guy that the school wanted, and he wanted Shire. Uh, it said he was heartbroken not to get the guy the job. Shire was eventually announced as the successor. Uh, no comments to O'Connor for the book from either Coach K or Amicable or Amaker. Uh, other reportings, it's a look into uh, Kay's turbulent relationship with uh, Bob Knight, who was a mentor to Coach Kane. Uh, details how the relationship finally ended at a 2015 West Point reunion in, in North Carolina. 
Kay's relationship with former assistant, current Utah Jazz coach, Quinn Snyder, including one Duke player quoted as saying in the book, I saw tension between them. I think I saw jealousy from Kay to Quinn. Kay snapped at Quinn more than any other coach or player combined, and when he did it, it felt personal. Reporting on how Snyder and fellow assistant Tim O'Toole helped persuade Kay to change his recruiting approach in the mid-90s and attempt to sign players who didn't come from traditional Duke backgrounds, an examine of past allegations of NCAA rules infractions and eligibility issues, and a belief among rival schools and coaches that the governing body gives Duke favorable treatment, a look at how Duke reviews the financial records of top recruits to ensure there are no transactions inconsistent with his family's employee status and financial standing. The book cites a source saying the school reviewed Zion Williams's family bank records before he enrolled. Quote, we don't have subpoena power. We can't be confident. We see everything, but we try. Subsequent investigation by Duke and allegations that Williamson and family members had received improper gifts and benefits cleared the player and the book is coming out February 22nd. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard about the book, I, but I just heard about it today, actually. So Eric, I don't think you're alone for just finding out. I didn't even know about it. This is the first I'm hearing of it. So you guys both beat me to it. Well, we'll have to see what else comes of it because, uh, you know, hate to see, these stories coming out now, you know, when it's, you know, years later and everything else, but you know, they are stories. And if they're true, you know, we'll have to weed them out and see which ones, you know, really, you know, we're, we're a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. If, um, if nobody else has anything sports related, what'd you guys think of the commercials at the Super Bowl? Uh, eh, yeah. I wasn't overly impressed. What you guys think of the Doritos commercials with the, all the animals doing salt and peppers uh, push it? I thought that was a great commercial. <laughs> it, was, it was cute. I mean, I, did, I didn't hate it, you know? Yeah. It was that one, and I think you guys knew I was going to bring this up. The Sopranos throwback commercial with Meadow in the seat of uh, Tony. They recreate the uh, the opening sequence of The Sopranos. Dave, I remember you saying you never watched it. Eric, were you into The Sopranos? Yeah, yeah, I watched The Sopranos, and I got the callback, uh, but it's just, you know, I, and I get it to use it because it's it's that iconic scene, and I get that she's there because she's only there because Tony's not around anymore, um, unfortunately. Rest in but, peace. Uh, yeah, but uh, at the same time... Um, I would have much rather watch a show than watch uh, them try to push a Chevy Silverado. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But I I like the callback as much as I'm not a fan of the final episode. She actually parked the car correctly this time. And then she gets out. You see uh, Robert Eiler, who played AJ, and they hug. And Did I read a rumor that they were trying to, like get something started as like a, a legacy thing almost like do the show again but with like them taking over you know Fife asked something about that in the uh, in the chat I feel like I read something about that recently listen like I I mean they mentioned uh, bringing it to a newer generation in the behind the scenes of it that's like a minute and a half thing you can watch on YouTube 
I hadn't heard anything about that. I don't really need that or want that. I don't even see how you would do that because, you know, Gandolfini's gone. If you remember the way the final season went, half the main characters are dead. Um, Tony Sirico, who plays Paulie Walnuts, is in no condition to do anything nowadays because he looks worse than the guy who played Junior Soprano, uh, Dominic Cianzi. And um, without all the main characters just making a show that focuses on Meadow and AJ, I don't want that. Yeah, but what if it's them bringing it to a new generation? Like you said, all those other people coming out, you know, or not being around anymore, being too old. Now they're a new generation and how, because to be honest, I'm sure that there's still a lot of stuff that goes on, but I'm sure it's done a lot differently now than it was done back then. And I'd be interested in how a, a new mob functions in today's society and today's world. I, I mean, I don't. Be, I think that would be interesting, as opposed to yeah, we all know what a gangster show or movie could be, but you know, it's got to fit the time too. And you know, with cameras everywhere, cell phones, this, that, the other thing, I'd like to see how they navigate today's world. I mean, it's an interesting thought. I don't know if I would want it to be called Sopranos, though, because it almost would be a different thing than that. So I feel like if you're going to call it Sopranos, it has to deal with that legacy there. If you're basically but again, saying if it's still the same family running it, they could just be running it a different way. Up, yeah, updating, I, it, upgrade, uh, updating and upgrading, you know, the mob. Yeah, but who'd be running it, though? Because it wouldn't be the Sopranos. AJ was never going to go into that life because he wasn't built for it. And Meadow, Meadow. Why not Meadow? Well, it definitely would be a uh, reflection of the changing times, a woman boss. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. That's, this is where you could do an interesting take on it. I mean, obviously, you would have to. They got a lot of input back when they did this show originally. I know David Chase did or whatever back then. I'm sure they'd have to get some input now. But, I mean, I would be interested to see the difference. I, uh, Dave, I know you're not much here and you didn't really watch Sopranos, but does that sound like something that would even interest you as somebody who never saw the original series, but would that new series maybe I described interest you at all or not? Just not your kind of thing, the mob stuff. Dave? Oh, he's muted. Yep, sorry. Uh, um, that's okay. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't sit here and say whether or not I would actually watch it or not. I, I really have no idea. That, that that to me is something where I'd actually have to see some some actual trailer to you know spark the in level okay. of interest. Mm. Well, I tell you Speaking this, you know, trailers. I will say, did you guys see the extended, not the TV spot, but the extended Doctor Trailer or uh, Doctor Strange trailer on online? I did. I didn't even. I didn't even see it during the Super Bowl. I, I before we talk about that, cousin David put something really funny in the chat. I, I have to say this: after the Matt Stafford conversation, we should contact him to see if he wants to sponsor the show. <laughs> Good job, cousin David. Yes, I did see the Doctor Strange uh, trailer. Like I said, I didn't even see it during the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe that voice I heard. Dave, yeah. you fake though? Do you think Feige's screwing with you and giving you the old dude, Patrick Stewart? And at the last minute, we're gonna get a uh, James McAvoy. Well, here's the deal. I, I watched that trailer for a second time today. 
they actually zoom the camera out and you can kind of see a silhouette of his head. I mean, I wouldn't put him past him, but I'm pretty sure that is uh, Patrick Stewart. If that scene is in the movie, that's Patrick Stewart. Yeah. But again, they had the promo, remember, of Hulk running through the woods in Avengers Endgame, like going towards battle. And that scene never he was he, he wasn't in that. They put him in that. They put him in that that trailer, but he actually wasn't in the movie. Now so I get the I, I get well the point that they put Patrick Stewart in the trailer, but he very may, may well not be actually in the movie. It might be McAvoy who delivers that line. Well, to me, it would make more you know sense for to go forward with that. He's younger. You know how much money that would cost, though. Yeah, it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot of money to pay Patrick Stewart to come to do that scene that wouldn't actually be in the movie. Why would you have to pay him? He's doing a voiceover. Yes, you have to pay him, but to come in for thirty seconds of voice work is real—they're not breaking the bank to do that. I'm sorry, and you don't even have to put him in the chair. He doesn't even have to be there. They could stunt double that thing. No, I'm yeah. telling you, I think that was him in the chair though, because I saw it a second time. They zoom out, and you can see a silhouette of his head. Well, I, I saw today that that's supposedly the MCU Illum- has Illuminati or whatever. Yeah, Illuminati, definitely. And, and you know, Doctor, you know, or Professor Xavier, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Black Panther, and some name more. Name more was on there. Um, yeah, they haven't I- even introduced yet. So, like, yeah. I do. I think that is something that could happen. Yeah, but Eric makes a great point. I won't put anything past Marvel until I sit in the seat and watch the movie. Because until you do that, you literally have absolutely no clue what you're actually going to watch. I'm just curious to see if they're actually going to do... I mean, I'm sure we've all heard this rumor, the idea that they would get Tom Cruise to be a variant of Iron Man. Well, that's the debate. The The person that lights up like Captain Marvel... The question is, is that like an alternate Captain Marvel? Is that Captain Marvel or is it Tom Cruise's Iron Man that's attack going after Wanda? That's one of the big I, Tom- I didn't even see Captain Marvel in the trailer. The really bright person cut running Monica Rambeau too, I heard. Uh, well, yeah. well, wait a minute. That's um Miss America is, I think, her name. It's a new actress. It's a different character altogether. Huh? Not the person wearing the denim jean jacket. Oh. All lit up like Captain Marvel does. Like, picture Endgame when she flies through Thanos' ship. Uh, she's all lit up like that. Oh, one, I must have missed this. Yeah, in one scene of the trailer, there's a character lit up just like that, and she crashes into... Uh, Wanda setting her little protection shield thing that she does. I'm going to have to watch it again. I don't remember this part. Oh, man, I've watched it like four times already. So I've, I, I've only seen it twice. I've only seen it twice. Yeah, you'll see it. I swear to God. you Because you'll be looking for it, too. So there's no way. Yeah. You're yeah. I even made Jan- I, I'm even making Janice watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think that'll be a good segue here to something that you said Janice had no interest in a few weeks ago. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you've gotten to it. The the Boba Fett finale? No, nah, did it finally happen? Yeah. Yeah, last oh. week. Yeah. All right. 
Well, if you guys want to chat about it, I'll hop off. But I did not watch it. I will wait I, for you then next. Yeah, I watch it. We'll wait. All I'm gonna say is finale was good. Finale so, was good. I just started uh, Reacher on uh, Amazon, so I still have some episodes left of that before I can get over to a new show. All Any right. good? It, it, it's so I watched it because my dad loved the Jack Reacher books. Um, okay. I've never been a big reader. Um, you guys both know how much I love and miss my dad. So, yes. like, I saw that show came out, found out they uh, renewed it for a second season. And as soon as I got told that, I'm like, all right, I'm watching it. And, um, yeah, it, it's it's good. And I like the guy that plays the character. He was in, oh, I can't remember the name of the show, where he was the stupid football player. Uh, shit. Nope. Not what, what's up? Uh, I was I what it was some comedy. Uh I can't remember it. Whatever. Anyway, I'm just, he, I'm a, go ahead. He plays he plays Jack Reacher and uh, yeah, it, it, I like him as the character. And all in all, it's been pretty good. There's a little too is much. It, it's not Krasinski, is it? No, no, no. Um, I'm I'm gonna look it up right now for you guys. What's the name of the show? Reacher. Yeah. The guy that plays the main main character was in. Didn't some Tom football. Cruise do a movie about this guy? He did two of them. De- Jack Reacher yeah. doesn't go back. Alan Richson is the name of the actor. He was Aquaman in Smallville, uh, Thad Castle on a Spike that. TV sitcom, Blue Mountain State. Yes, that's the show. Okay, and he's in another show you like too. I think you watch Titans, right? Uh yes. He's yeah, uh, he Hawk. Hawk, yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's a it's a good show though. It, it, if you like, uh, mer- you know, the, those action like what the hell's coming? You know, there's a twist, but you don't know what the twist is. Who murdered who? And you also like it, like kind of like a little Jason Bourne type of style of you know being quiet and saying the right things when you need to say them and also just whooping people's asses, then yeah, you would like it. Mm. And um, Eric, the show you're thinking of with Krasinski in it is Jack Ryan. There you go. That just dawned on me. Oh, and really quick, just because I said Jason Bourne, the Jason Bourne movies are better than the show so far. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not putting it at that level. I hope that's clear. Just want to make sure. I still never saw the Jason Bourne movie, so I'll take your word on that one. I oh did see God. the Bourne movies. They were good. <laughs> yeah, I never cared about the Bourne movies. <laughs> the only one I didn't like was the actually the one with Jeremy uh, Renner. Yeah, the Bourne completely. Legacy. I think was that it. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Renner's Jason Bourne movie was not good. Honestly, the best part wasn't as good as the Matt Damon. No, the best part of the movie is basically when they reference the original Jason Bourne movie. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. And we got the finale of um, Peacemaker coming up on Thursday. I don't know what it is. I always wound up waking up early to watch Boba Fett, and then Thursday would come around, and I forget that uh, Peacemaker came out till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And Peacemaker is by far the better show. 
But listen, really? Peacemaker, I got to be honest, like, phenomenal, right? Like, it, yeah. it really is a good show. Yeah. Like, I don't know how anybody can really knock this show. And, like, each week, just, it, it's so good. I mean, even this week, I mean, are you guys caught up, Dave? Did you watch this week? I don't want to say any spoilers if you want. Dave? You're safe. All right. Like the the bat, like the fight between him and his dad and him having to off his dad like that. Like that that like I don't know. Craziness. But Can we awesome talk- at the same time. How great was it though when he find- when he snapped the selfie of him hugging uh Eagly? That was great. Oh great. I- I and I mean the I whole Yeah, the whole sequence with was there was there was a whole gamut of emotions there because you feel bad because you love Eagly. Eagly's the best, and Eagly taking out members of the uh, the the white nationalists who were helping his father and everything. Eagly is badass, and then so to see Dye-beard. him, Diebeard picking up Diebeard's pretty good. Just yeah. wasted fools. No, we don't call him Diebeard anymore because he's not an asshole. It's not economist. 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 Peace. Hey, Peace. Peacemaker doesn't even call him Die Beard anymore. Be nice to Economist. That was one of the greatest nicknames I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of shows, like, look, I'm looking forward to Peacemaker, and we could definitely have kind of a recap. But what do you guys think of the? I've never heard of this character, and he's got the Disney Plus show coming out in March. Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Like, I, I don't know, like, Mike I, or Eric, I don't know if you guys know anything about the character. I literally have never heard of him before they started talking about the show. So, like, is this a character to be excited about? Is this a big character, MCU, like, movie status character? Or is he just going to kind of stick with Disney Plus, you know, series? He uh, could I would... be a guy that crosses over in something you might see, like a Midnight Suns type movie or, or show where he... He's in kind of like the darker mystical like realms of the Blade. MCU. A lot of people want to compare him to be the Batman of the MCU, but he's really not. He's got a guy got, got, got multiple personalities and uh, he's he deals a lot with magic and that kind of stuff. But he, I guess, crosses over a lot with either Doctor Strange or with um, Blade, Blade or uh, Ghost Rider, like those kind of people so you'll see him in like things with that i think maybe a ghost rider tease or something else you could see in this show um yeah i don't know i think it's i i I gotta be honest dave i'm with you i didn't know i don't know much about this character didn't know much about him when they announced the show what i'm learning now is just what i'm like watching online about it so like trailer reactions that kind of stuff like breakdowns and whatnot i'm kind of letting other people explain it to me because I never read the comics like that, so it's kind of hard for me. When I was a kid reading comics, I never got into Moon Knight, but I definitely heard of the character. I didn't really know much about him until the last couple of years when they said they were getting a TV show about him. So I had heard little drips and drabs throughout the years. I'm not going to pretend to know much more than what Eric just said there, but I'm looking forward to the show. Um, Oscar Isaac is a guy who I think when he's done the blockbuster superhero type stuff has never really gotten his due because he is a good actor. But if you look at him, like the star Wars movies, he was good in force awakens. Didn't really get a whole lot to do after that. In my opinion, X-Men apocalypse was a very bland movie. He didn't really get to do a lot in that one either. I thought he could have been good, 
but what they gave him kind of sucked. Um, was so apocalypse. He was apocalypse. Oh, that was he was the guy that played apocalypse. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. He, yeah, and that character could have been so much more than what they made him in that movie. It's not his fault. He did what he could with that. But they should that movie should have been so much better than it really was. It was a disappointment. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do with this because, like I said, he's a good actor. I'd like to think he's finally going to get his due here. And the fact that they got Ethan Hawke as the bad guy, and I'm curious to see what else happens. Like Eric brought up Ghost Rider. I don't know if you guys have heard the rumors. Um, I, I like we all saw Ghost Rider and Agents of Shield with uh, G- Gabriel Luna play uh, Robbie Reyes. And I thought he was really good for that. There's a rumor that Norman Reedus is going to get cast to play Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch version of Ghost Rider. So, Eric bringing that up, I, I'd be interested to see. If they bring Ghost Rider back, I'm really hoping for Nick Cage. I don't, I, 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 listen, I didn't mind the Nick Cage movies with him as Ghost Rider. I, I don't think they would go that route, though. Because oh, I don't if, know. Sp- Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance was fucking god awful. The first one was was good, I thought. Second one was god awful. It was fucking horrible. Go ahead, Dave. I I was just gonna say. I mean, if anything, with the the multiverse way they're going about things, why not have Nicolas Cage be um, right? Because Johnny Blaze was the second Ghost Rider. Johnny Blaze was the first, like modern era, because there was one back into in the eighteen hundreds who Sam Elliott kind of played that guy in the first movie. But I don't really count him. Technically, in the comics, Johnny Blaze was the first Ghost Rider. Danny Ketch was the second one. He was the one who was actually Ghost Rider when I was reading comics, and he had a crossover with the X Men. Robbie Reyes, the one who was in Agents of Shield, he was the third one. So that's what I mean. Like, why not have kind of like a. You know, I mean, with Nicolas Cage, you can make him look old enough that he, you know, quote unquote, passes the torch. I like the idea of Norman Reedus, though. I like Norman Reedus. I, I think we've all seen Boondock Saints at least once, right? Well, yeah, and that 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 guy in general is just—he could talk. He could read the most boring story in the world to me, and I would listen. That mm. dude's voice is unbelievable good actor too i i don't even watch walking dead but i i love them in boondock saints so i, I listen i liked nick cage's ghost rider i don't know if you guys ever saw spirit of vengeance the second one they had idris alba and syrian hines in that movie i got to see that movie for free that movie was so bad i didn't stay for the end the movie had a half hour left i wasn't paying for the movie i said you know something i'm gonna go work oh there you that's go. how big yeah, that's how bad that movie was. First one was at least moderate, moderately decent. But you have Idris Alba, Nicolas Cage, and Syrian Hines, and the movie is dirt. It's one of the three worst comic book movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh, that's, that's a tough one. Spirit of Vengeance, Elektra, X-Men 3. Those are the three worst comic book movies, in my opinion. Well, see, uh, me and you are going to different about, different about Spirits of, Spirit of Vengeance, then. You like that movie? I didn't hate it. I mean, I think there's much worse. I didn't. I see. I don't hate that movie though. Dead. Dead silent. On I got like no. There's. Yeah, I'm. I'm with Dave. I mean, there's. There's definitely worse movies out there. I don't know. But again, you didn't like it. That's okay. 
Mm-hmm. I'm still rooting for Nick Cage because I think he's a crazy bastard, and I'd just like to see him come back as a Ghost Rider. <laughs> I listen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with that. I would like. To, I wouldn't mind seeing. Listen, if they do something where Nick Cage is Johnny Blaze and Norman Reedus is Danny Ketch, I wouldn't hate that idea. Wouldn't hate it. All right. Um, does anybody have anything else they'd like to bring up tonight? I think I'm, gentlemen. Eric. Yeah, we we hit a lot of different stuff. I'm I'm pretty good for it tonight. I mean, like I said, just encourage you guys to start ramping up a little bit of college basketball, NBA, hockey, um, whatever you can watch. Start watching it. So we got some other stuff to talk about because it doesn't look like baseball is going to be one of those topics. So, Dave, you're going to be highlighting us hard here with some basketball over the next month or two. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I, I really feel like both sides in baseball are not trying. I feel like both sides don't no, want to start the season. The, the, the stuff I'm hearing out there is getting worse by day. That's why I'm honestly saying, Dave, I really yeah. don't see us talking anything about baseball starting for at least a solid month. I, so let we me, got a month yeah. here of really like basketball and hockey to really focus on. And listen, we may come to love this stuff and not even miss, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always miss baseball. But, you know, yes, you never know. Yes. may come to, uh, you know. The fact, that, the fact that the owners just decide to throw out yesterday that they want the ability to cut 180 jobs out of the minor leagues and these guys are not negotiating every day. I don't even think the next negotiation is scheduled until like Friday or Saturday. You're not even trying. Why? I mean, I got the owners like I see every day that the owners are not worried about losing money because at the store I work at, people who don't even watch baseball, the majority of the product that sells in my store is baseball. And most of the people buying it couldn't give a fuck about baseball. They do it for the fashion. So I get the owners aren't worried about losing money. But why there isn't more of a sense of urgency from the players, I don't understand. And not only that, though, but I was, I was listening. I didn't know this, but, like, baseball players, like, they get a paycheck throughout the regular season, but they don't actually get a paycheck for uh, spring training, and they don't get a paycheck for the playoffs. They get bonuses in the playoffs, depending on their whatever and how far they get. But that was interesting to me that they don't actually get paid during the spring, during spring training because, to me, it would be more of an more of an incentive for the owners right now to get back to playing and get the season started because spring training is all it's all good money for them. Like there's no there's nothing really going out. They don't have player salaries to pay out during that. So I I don't know. To me, it just seems like they're uh, they, they got to get something started. They got to get the talks going again. Um, I think I heard something that the players were going to send their ver- their last proposal in, and then that was the last one they were going to make or something like that. I-, I hope that's not the case. I hope that everybody comes to their senses. But, again, we're talking about a bunch of rich, spoiled people dealing with people who are even more rich and spoiled. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how much hope I really have for this thing getting started anytime soon. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. I didn't even know that one either because I had heard something last week that the owners didn't want to pay minor league invites for spring training. So I, I didn't know that pl- regular players didn't get paid for spring training. That's surprising. Dave, I don't know if you got anything you want to throw on. 
I I hate lockouts because the only people that really end up getting hurt are the the fans. So I, I I think they just suck in general. And from the sounds of things, I mean, the MLB going to get an arbitrator without even going by the MLBPA. I, I there's there's a lot of things that make you kind of shake your head and and just think that they're really just going to play the slow game and they're billionaires, so they can afford to money a lot easier than the rest of the guys that play. Yep. Yep. All right, so I think that will do it for us here tonight. Uh, Thank you to everybody for listening on all our podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We always thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, Give me one second here because it's funny. I think I just remembered something that was actually – kind of important yeah um you guys know what episode number tonight's episode was 300 today was 300 yes ah yes oh yeah 300 episodes since we came back in 2016 so thank you to everybody who made it possible would have been nice to have fife on tonight uh shout outs to those who have been with us in the past no longer with us uh, my boys, Dave Tice, Mike Mackery, Dave's boy, Mike Bale, who made an appearance on here. Shout outs to everybody there. To I'm another also shouting out Joey Balls, even though he wasn't on this one. He's always still uh, somebody that we reference from time to time, especially during Absolutely. Joey Balls is a founding piece. First co-host yes. I had, he was the one that was with me when I gave Mike the business card and kicked it off there. So Joey Balls is 100% a founding piece of this. Do you believe that was almost 10 years ago? No, yeah. I really thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's like um, with the halftime show, I saw something that was designed just to make guys like us feel old. The, the, the people who were born, it's funny, they said 1985. I was born in 1983, Eric 84. The people born in 85 through 95 are watching this halftime show going, man, it's nice that they don't have older acts like Paul McCartney and the who and all that. And they gear stumped into us. And then they take a 30 second pause and it dawns on them that now they're the old guys. Ah. Yeah. Yep. So on that. Yeah. So on that depressing notes, let's do some final thoughts here. Dave Hastings. Fuck that. I ain't going out on a depressing note. 300 podcasts with you guys. Countless amounts of shows in the studio. Um, over 10 years of doing little breaks here and there. Um, so many a- sweaty moments. Yeah. yeah. Could well, I don't care if I ever make a penny off of doing this, man. It, it's it, it's about the time spent to, get to do something you enjoy and, you know, there's not many moments in your life that you get to do that as you get older. So happy to be here. That's what he's all about. Three Oh one. And uh, yeah, until next week, guys. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's still 30 bucks in the anchor account. If you guys want to split that. So, I mean, it's there, but it's not going anywhere. Um, You know what? (laughs) Bucks and put it on one of the craziest freaking bets. You could think of buy some lottery tickets. Do some crazy shit with it and see if you can turn us all into millionaires and then we can do this five days a week and not actually have to do a day job. 
Yeah, I'd tell you what, y'all know my luck with that. I'd rather just give the 30 bucks to one of you guys because you guys will have better luck than me. So if you give it to me and let me place the bet, you might as well just let me set the money on fire, truthfully. Oh, you've been doing pretty good with your bet, and don't knock yourself. (laughs) I don't want to jinx it yet, so I'm not going to tell you guys how I've been doing. Um, You told us last week. You're taking seven. Oh, I, I... so far. Oh, I actually, I actually did. Yes, that's right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Well, that, and I'll tell you right now, that's the reason why the Bengals lost the Super Bowl because I told you guys I was, I stood to win 85 bucks if they won. So, you know, there you go. Uh, That is the (laughs) exact reason why, Mike. 100%. (laughs) All right. Eric Trussell. Stay sweaty, my friends. Stay sweaty. Stay sweaty. Yes. And I am Mike Agliolaro, as always. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all at 3.01 next week.